Welcome to Lydia Finette's Claim Your Confidence, a podcast that will introduce you to the most powerful women in the world as they talk about their own confidence journey. No matter what obstacles you face, Claim Your Confidence will inspire you, motivate you, and give you a roadmap to live the life you want. So, are you ready to claim your confidence? Welcome, everyone, to Claim Your Confidence. I'm Lydia Finette, and I'm so excited that you're joining me for another episode. I am thrilled to have the guest in front of me who is sitting here today. Neely Lotin is an incredible fashion designer. If you live anywhere in New York City, you see her designs all over the street, and you always think to yourself, that person looks so incredibly chic. I wonder what their secret is. Well, I can tell you because the designer is sitting right across from me today. But first, a word from our sponsors. Neely, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I want to tell a little story to our listeners. And I told you this when we were put in touch again recently, that Neely and I actually lived on the same floor of an apartment building. I guess it was probably eight or nine years ago. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about this floor is there were four apartments and three of the apartments were occupied by young families who had three children at the time. And the kids literally ranged in age from zero to eight. And I would come home from work at the end of the day, almost every day, and there could be seven children in my apartment or there could be no children in my apartment because the back three apartments almost lived like a commune because of all the children. And Neely and her husband also lived on the floor. (laughs) And I kept thinking to myself and saying to my husband, I cannot imagine this poor couple that has this complete chaos and has never said anything and just smiles and walks in and out. (laughs) And I remember somebody saying to me, by the way, did you know there's a really famous fashion designer who lives on your floor? And I remember when they said your name and I was like, I cannot believe that I am living in the same building as this woman and she has to deal with my children's chaos 24-7. So thank you for always oh, being no so worries kind. at all. I don't even remember that. So it wasn't that bad. Oh gosh. Uh, well. And um, the only thing I can think of is that this is the time was when I was actually at the midst of launching my business. I mean, couple of years after, but still, I mean, till today, I feel like I'm launching my business, but uh, (laughs) I was so focused and immersed with what I was doing that I probably didn't even notice. I basically walked into the apartment, walked out of the apartment and was just uh, looking for a place to put my head and going back to work. So I feel like that's been the story of your life. And let's begin at the beginning of your life. So you Mm -hmm. grew up in Israel. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself as a child? Yes, yes. So before I start, I just want to say that when you reached out and, you know, I'm very, very excited to be here and talk to you and explore together with you, you know, where does the confidence come from and how does one reveal its own? Because I do feel that there's something we do come to this world with a mission and uh, being a fashion designer, you know, uh, it's definitely what I was meant to be. But I feel that this is not where it ends, that I think that there's something about dressing women or giving them the tools to express their own self is a gift for me to be able to give women this empowerment, Mm -hmm. this confidence that they have when they wear something that they feel good about themselves. So I think it's right on in terms of what I do. And I'm happy to share my experience. So I was born in Israel, that's correct. I was born in a small town on the beach of the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. I was one of two kids in a family. Both my parents immigrated from Europe. Mm -hmm. 
both Holocaust survivors mm. who came to a new country for a new life. And I was the fruit of their love. And they just wanted to give me anything possible that they can. My sister was eight years older than me. So I kind of grew up on my own yeah. without siblings, which we just talked about what is it to be with a lot of kids. I was on my own, a lot of time on my own. My parents was relatively older than my other friends' parents. Mm -hmm. I mean, now it's common to have kids in the 40s. Back then it wasn't. Right. And my father was, I believe, 41 when I was born. Mm -hmm. He was already white hair, gray hair. I've never seen him with his real black hair. And so they were kind of almost like grandparents to me in a way, just because of the distance of generations. Yeah. Also, they didn't speak the language that was the language that I was brought to learn. Mm -hmm. So there was a bit of a culture difference and language difference in my childhood, but I don't think it affected me in a bad way, yeah. the other way around. And you said your sister was eight years older. Were mm -hmm. you close even though she was older? Did you look up to her a great deal? Not really. I mean, yes. I mean, she was around and it's funny because one of the stories talking about confidence of the family is that she was left to babysit me. Mm -hmm. And when the, my parents came back, she was sleeping and I was awake oh. and I told them that I was taking care of her. Uh, so that was, I think I was really young, like four or whatever it was. But I don't remember her as the older sister. Yeah. I remember as a sister. When I was 12, she got married. Then she moved in to live as a neighbor where we lived. So I was very much aware of her and her children and the family was very united. Not so much as a role of a big sister that was there. Later on, we found a lot of common things that we love to do together and we're very good and connected and love each other and we have great relationship. But it wasn't its childhood that I discovered that. Yeah. I feel like that's often the case. I think my sister and I would say the same thing. We're not eight years apart, but probably six. And mm -hmm. I think we found each other as we got older, which is yeah. nice. You yeah. know, you have yeah. the commonality of youth, but then you sort of transition as you get older right. into friends. So you were raised, obviously, in Israel, and then you lived there through your middle school, high school years? No, I lived there all the way till 22. 22. I went to school. I went to college, I went to the army, to the Air Force. Talk a little bit about that as we talk about confidence, yeah. because you went into that. Did that change you? Did you come out of that more confident mm -hmm. or was it just sort of well matched with your who you were? Yeah. So I think, yes, of course. I think that if I started to kind of think back, when is the first memories that I have of confidence? Mm -hmm. Was I born with it? Did I acquire it? Mm -hmm. I do believe that we are born with a set of attributes that are leading us. I'm sure I was born with quite a lot of confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know it, uh, but um, we, you know, I think it's a little spiritual, but I think it's, it has to do with how open we are yeah. to receive and to to understand where we are. That gives you the confidence at an early age. And maybe I was born more open than the others. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I can remember that my parents always used to bring that story. I mean, I don't remember it myself, but they always used the story that when I was asked a question, I would say such a no and with my hands emphatic <laughs> that I knew what I wanted and what I didn't want. And that was from a very young age. 
And I actually like to hear this story because I feel like my five-year-old does that. So it gives me hope that maybe my daughter will be a fashion designer one day. <laughs> I don't know if fashion designer, but for sure a confident woman. I basically know what I liked, what I didn't like from yeah. a very young age. And I think that comes from confidence. So I must have had confidence as a very young age. The other thing, it's a story that I tell when people ask me what made me successful. And I think that one thing for sure is my courage. Yeah. And the courage come from confidence too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I was, I want to say four or five, we lived in a an apartment building. We lived on the first floor, but it was on columns. So it wasn't on the level of the street. Mm -hmm. And one day I just tried to challenge my confidence, I guess. And I jumped. Oh my gosh. From the terrace. I was tiny. So for me, that height was quite a lot. Landed on my two feet, went up, walked in, didn't say a thing. And my mom asked me something and didn't even notice that I was in, that I was out, that I came back. <laughs> you sound like a mother's dream. Oh my gosh. It was like, <laughs> and I remember it. Gosh, I'm thinking about myself. What courage did I have to have at an age four or five to actually look down and say, I can do it yeah, and yeah. jump. So not only I trusted myself, I trusted everything around me that I'm going to land on my two feet. Yeah, such a metaphor for life. But also I think to the point of confidence, so many people don't try because yeah. they're fearful of mm -hmm. something. And mm -hmm. I truly believe that's where confidence comes from. It's trying again and again, totally. and sometimes having it work out, sometimes having it not work out, but understanding that no matter what happens, you're okay. Right. Right. That's always exactly. The, the so it's like, what starts what? Did right. you have the confidence to jump? Or because did I jump? Now I trust myself and now I got my confidence. Yeah. So yeah, we can, it's, it's really a question, but I think to some degree you are born with a certain character. I don't know if it has to do with the time or the alignment of the stars, but it is a personality. Yeah, absolutely. You know, then you can develop it, of course. Right. And so you asked about the army. So through school, I remember times where I was lacking confidence. Mm -hmm. um, I think it everyone goes through, like especially in high school when you're doubting, yeah. you know, I was always extremely skinny and very tall. Yeah. And I had no boobs. I yeah. had no chest. I was completely flat. And uh, all the other girls at age 12 already developed there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember feeling insecure about it. Yeah. At the same time, I developed a style in clothing mm -hmm. of how to present myself the way I see myself. And that has given me the confidence. Yeah. I mean, the extra confidence if I haven't had enough before. <laughs> and that's why I preach and I encourage women to develop their own style right. because I think having your own style, which means you're wearing the things that are perfectly right for you, it is a tool for confidence and empowerment. Absolutely. And I think a lot of women, and I'm surprised to see so many women who come to my store and say, tell me what to wear. Right. Or how do I put this together? And that is fine. But I think that if you develop a strong understanding of yourself, and that leads you to understanding what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, 
you don't need to be in the mercy of fashion yeah. or the mercy of fashion designers. You need to be at a place where you know what you like and then yeah. you find the right designer that provides you with that yeah. and that becomes your wardrobe provider yeah. and you basically go again and again and you feel confident in yourself that when you walk into a room, you look the best you can. And everybody sees you for who you everybody are. Everybody sees you. And I always say that clothes should never have whistles and bells. It's not about the clothes. And if someone comes and says, what a beautiful dress, I almost feel insulted. You should say, you look beautiful. Yeah. Not my dress. My dress is helping me yeah. to look great. And that's why I also have a very much of a minimal approach in my design sensibility, because I don't think that the clothes should make the entrance. I think it should be the background, the right background to bring you in. And it's so funny that you say that because if anyone was looking in this booth right now, they would see that I'm wearing a <laughs> bright green floral dress and Neely is head to toe in black. <laughs> I feel the same way. Clothes are my armor. I, right. I dress up with actually nothing but bells and whistles because that is how I feel, feel strong and confident. Yeah. But I understand looking across the table how you feel confident in what you're wearing. And I'm yeah. thinking that the next thing I'm going to wear is going to be all black <laughs> because you look so incredibly chic. No, no, no. <laughs> Whatever makes you confident, that's what it is. Yeah. But is that minimal style because of your time in the army, do you think? Or had you developed that before? Because you said in high school yeah. you were wearing yeah. sort of minimal and that felt right yeah. to you and you felt like that yeah. really was who you are. But did that continue because of the army or was that just something yeah, no. that was a side? So the no. army gave me confidence from a different perspective, which I'll touch in a minute, mm -hmm. but just to answer of minimalism. So no, I did not have it in high school. When I developed my own style, I was very much looking up to Yves Saint Laurent, mm -hmm. to Paris. Yeah. I lived in a small town in Israel, yeah. but there wasn't much fashion in Israel. Yeah. So I had to look out. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't really even looking for the fashion. I was looking for confident women. I mm -hmm. was looking for style. I was looking for what makes this women look so gorgeous. And what I realized that it is about style and it's not about fashion. Right. And style is something that is long term or mm -hmm. fashion is something very trendy and quick. Right. Style is personality. Style is something that you acquire and you stick to it and you evolve it. Mm -hmm. Fashion is something that you change all the time. And confident women have style. Or if they have confidence, they you know, it goes the other way around. But to develop a style, it takes looking inside. It takes understanding yourself. It takes questioning what you like and what you don't like. And so I was looking up to all these Parisian women and American icons. singers <laughs> and icons. And I developed a very simple dressing that worked for me. I was wearing a lot of denim, a lot of jeans, a simple very, very simple, nothing fancy because there wasn't really opportunities for me to dress that well, yeah. you know, because I was no in high school yeah. and <laughs> high school. we didn't have prom like you guys have here. So there wasn't really an opportunity to express my fancy side of me, but very, very easy, simple, wherever I felt good in. And then I remember another story that I was going to a party and I was wearing a Levi's jean and a wife beater. And my dad, who was 
so born educated, you know, knew what it is to dress up and always very chic. He says, this is how you're going to the party? And I said, <laughs> I feel great. And therefore I'm going to have a good time. Oh, that's so a great answer. I, yeah, I didn't need to wear a gorgeous dress yeah. or, or anything fancy. I was wearing my second skin yeah. and I walked in into a room and I was like comfortable with it. That's great. I love that. And I that. couldn't care less what everybody else was wearing. Yeah. So that was there already in high school. And then the army, what the army gave me is the confidence that I can lead. And so when you come into the army, you're 18 years old, mm -hmm. you have no, you know who you are, but you don't know your potential. Let's put it this way. Okay. The army actually does tests and check how can they benefit from you, right? Mm -hmm. And whatever test they did led them to think that I could lead a whole group of women. Yeah. So here I am sent to an Air Force unit and I am the same age as the other girls and I'm supposed to lead. What does it mean lead? I'm supposed the one who, if they have any issues, personal issues, I am their address mm -hmm. to come and talk about. No, I don't have any experience, experience in that. And I'm not really the most empathetic person. You uh -huh. know, I care, but I'm not the kind of person that people come and cry to. Yeah. So for whatever reason, they thought I was right. And then I would be the one who's actually at 11 o'clock, walk the rooms and say, hey guys, out, you know. Time to leave. Uh, time to leave. <laughs> uh, but you were pretty popular or, too. <laughs> <laughs> or do every Friday, check the rooms if they folded their blanket correctly and so on and wearing the uniform mm -hmm. and whatever. So I was put in a position that I was told, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And I did it. Did I like doing it? That's a different story. Yeah, but they but had confidence in you. I did get to do the it. confidence in me yeah. that here I am doing it and I'm doing it well. Mm -hmm. So that's what the army gave me. The army actually opened for me an opportunity, a channel to explore something in my own that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And was just another thing for me to boost my confidence. The age is, you're so young, you're 18. I know, when you said that, it's yeah. incredible to me to think about an 18-year-old. Yeah. I, 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 I think now the process is, is uh, I think 18 years old now is not as maybe, I shouldn't say that in general, but I think there's just something about more life being more comfortable maybe, or more there's more access to things that you kind of take a longer time. Yes. to get there. Yeah. I think when you don't have, you grow faster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now that I came from not having, I grew up in a family very well to do. My dad was very successful, which also gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. I think our financial situation at home was always good yeah. and beyond good. Yes. So I felt that I was secure. Yeah, that does give yeah. a lot of confidence yeah. because I've had a couple of guests on here who one in particular her father passed away at a young age. And as a result of that, financial security became such an obsession for her that she eventually started a company. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, her confidence came, I think, a lot through that experience and understanding that she had such a loss and had been able to move through it. But financial security is a huge part of confidence because you're not worried about where the next meal is coming from or something like totally. that. And that's another story that I tell quite a lot. My dad told me when I was 20, he said, you have to be financially independent. Yes. He didn't mean from him because yeah. he supported me whenever I needed. He meant from my partner. Yes. He said, you have to have a financial independence because 
that is the most important thing because it gives you options and right? it does give you that confidence yeah. and i become financially independent very young age yeah it basically opened for me choices that i would not have if i wouldn't and i said it to a lot of women who ask me how did i get the courage after 27 years of marriage mm. to just get up and leave yeah and it wasn't even that bad yeah but it wasn't as good as i felt that i deserved yeah and how do i how did i i have financial independence yeah i wasn't worrying about and so many women says to me i can't divorce because what am i going to do the day after I haven't developed my career. I, I'm not financially independent. I cannot do it. So if only for that reason, I don't wish to anyone to divorce, but yeah. only for that reason, for someone to be financially independent, that's the key to confidence. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. I do think financial independence is something that we talk about so often now. Certainly, even when I was, and I think I'm probably a little bit younger than you are, but when I was growing up, it really wasn't something that we talked about a lot. Right. And I love to see it in the press because it really is something that is so fundamental to confidence. Totally. Because you, as I said, and as you said, you have options mm -hmm. if there is something that isn't working for you or if there's mm -hmm. something that you want to do. So mm -hmm. I do often think that we don't say it enough. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. But and then, teaching, teaching women. Yes. I think there's something in us and I don't know what it is that is just, oh, I don't understand, but that's okay. I don't know what it is. We we give ourselves a break on that. And just recently, a friend of mine says to me, I took all my three daughters and I basically put them on the phone and I taught them everything that I know about finance. Yeah because I think they should know. They should know. And it took me a long time. I mean, I'm running a big business right now. It took me a long time to understand the importance of understanding my own finance. Yeah. I'm begging my daughter, my 27-year-old daughter, please understand your finance, because if you do understand your finance, then you're confident to spend it. Yes. Because if you don't understand what comes in and what goes out, you're always in a fear, oh, maybe I don't have enough, or should I buy it, or should I not buy it? When you know exactly what you have, no problem. You right. know your limits. Yeah. You buy what you want, you make your priorities, and you live your life confidently. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I have so many friends who, especially in my early 20s, would say things like, oh, well, I don't really know, but my, my husband deals with that, or, but that's not an answer because you should know, as you said, and my best friend was a financial advisor, my roommate in New York, and we were living in a fifth floor walk-up when we first moved here. And I remember the first time I got a bonus from Christie's, and I think my bonus was $300. It's a really big bonus, big year, <laughs> big year. And um, I spent it immediately because that's what I had learned about money growing up, that it was just something that you spend and you don't think about it, which is not the way that you should spend money, obviously. Mm -hmm. And Ultimately, I remember when the check came from work after they told me that I was getting $300. What you don't realize until you get your first bonus is that bonuses are taxed at almost 50% in New York. And so I, I think I got $160, <laughs> but I'd already spent $300. So then I had to take out a loan from my roommate for against my bonus. And luckily, because she was a financial advisor and she was so smart about her money, she sat me down and said, okay, these are the things you have to know you have to pay off your credit card minimum every single month. And I remember saying, no, you don't. And she said, no, you absolutely. She said, actually, you don't even use a credit card. Let's just start there. Just put that away for at least six months until we get the basic education. But I thank her for that so often now as I get older. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it in my second book, Claim Your Confidence. It's one of those things that, as you said, we try to pass off. Like, well, this isn't fun. I don't really want to know. You have to know 
about your finances because ultimately you never know what's going to happen if you want to leave or something happens to your partner if they're taking care of it. So Mm -hmm. that's a great point. So tell me then, you're in the army. How do you get to New York and get into the fashion world, which is really your next step? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the things that I did not say from the very beginning, and I like to say, I always thank my parents when I start any podcast, not even about confidence, even more so. Because I think beside knowing your financials, I think, and beside getting into this world with a certain level of openness and trust, I think that the love at home. Yes. And the unconditional love that parents give their children is a must. Because even if you come in with confidence, you're going to be crushed if you don't have that. Yes. So I think this is something that I hope I gave my children. My parents for sure gave me. Yeah, mine too. And I really feel that this is a very important ingredient in getting your confidence right and living your life the way you want to live. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's many situations where parents do not have their parents with them or whatever. But, you know, I think if you are there, you know, to be aware of it and constantly be verbal about it and do it. My parents were not as verbal about it because it's different generation, but I always felt their love and their trust in me. Yeah. And there was very little structure at home, which I tried to do with my kids. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. They let me take decisions, not the big decisions, but the daily decisions on my own. Mm-hmm. And partially because they were older. So they they didn't even know where I was and what I was doing. (laughs) And that also, you know, to your point, by trying and having the courage to try things and fail, I build up that courage. Mm -hmm. You were asking me about... Coming to New York. Coming to New York. How did you get here? And was fashion the reason you came here? No. So I got into fashion with my mom's actually recommendation. So I was always very uh, creative and very uh, interested in drawing and art and culture. And my mom was actually a textile designer. She never really practices. This is what she studied. So after the war and she came to Israel, she couldn't really practice it. So she became a full-time mom. But at home, she would always sew clothes for me and was very handy and knitted sweaters and and was very much into making clothes. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't thinking about clothes, but as I said, at a very young age, I developed a very strong sense of style and knew what I liked and what I didn't like. And so she kind of put together my sense of style plus my creative and my ability to do things with my hand and my creative mind and the knowledge of drawing and the ability of drawing to put it all together. And she actually suggested that right at the time when I finished my service, there was a school in Israel, the first school that was academically recognized and you can major in fashion. Oh, interesting. Prior to that, you couldn't study fashion in, in an academic level mm-hmm. and which my dad who wished his daughters were lawyers and uh, so on. <laughs> He's like, fashion, it, it wouldn't, great. It wouldn't, it was fashion. <laughs> yeah. And so... I'm so proud today to be where I am and he's not with us anymore, but I'm sure he sees it, yeah. that that choice was the right choice. Yeah. Which also brings me to something that I totally believe in, that we as a parents do have a role in helping our children to find their path. Yeah. Because I think that we observe them from such a young age mm-hmm. and we know their strength. Yeah. 
sometimes they don't know. Yeah. And so I think it was actually, you could say, oh, wow, she told you what to study. Yeah, she recommended that. Yeah. And she knew better than me because I wanted to be an architect or so many things that I had. There weren't that many choices, by the way, at that time, because for someone who wasn't, didn't care for math and really cared for visual art and all of that, there wasn't that much choices. So she kind of directed me there and I'm glad and thankful for her that she did because I found my passion. my passion there. And, uh, and how long said, is that, like a two-year program or? It was a three-year program. Three program. I was sent after the second year, I was an honor student. So I was sent to New York. Oh, exciting. Uh, where in New York? Where did you, uh, where did you I end up? worked for a company that doesn't exist. It was Casper, New York. Uh-huh. Uh, it's Your mom might know yeah, it, but I, I didn't even know it. And uh, I spent the summer there. And uh, what it, did you think about New York coming from Israel? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, and fashion everywhere. Yeah. It wasn't even at that time, and I'm talking, this was 1978, 1979. I wasn't even looking up to New York from a fashion because I was still, my heart was in Paris. Right. Only when I came to New York and I lived in New York and I learned to know and to see what the work of Calvin Klein and Jeffrey Beans, you know, all these designers Mm -hmm. at the time that I realized that there's something to American fashion that has that practicality Mm -hmm. and talking about Calvin, minimalism. uh, And denim, which I know you're known for. And denim that the French don't have. They Mm -hmm. have the Elegance. Elegance <laughs> and the chicness and yeah. So, so it was mm-hmm. nice for me to, and which I actually practice today. You know, I think that's what makes me successful in what I do because I grew up on this European aesthetic, on this French aesthetic. And then I've learned for 23 years the American approach, the practicality to one's wardrobe and how to not just look pretty, but feel pretty. And so you came to New York for that spell and then you came right back after that? I went from school, went back, graduated. Uh And when I graduated, my husband at the time was a pilot at the Air Force Mm -hmm. and he finished his military service, which was nine years. And he wanted to go to school. Mm -hmm. And he was already, I think he was like 25 or 26. And to start school in Israel was like, felt like now he's going to go to school with younger kids and he has this dream of his to study in the united states for a couple of reasons he as a pilot he was sent to fort rucker uh, (laughs) and did his learning his flight learning there so he always had this dream of his to be back and he actually wanted to go back to alabama oh my god Uh, and uh my dad hauled him back and said no 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 no. if you're taking my daughter you're taking her to new york israel to alabama might be a little bit of a yeah a a little bit of a challenge yeah Yeah. and so we came to new york it was like last minute he got into school and i basically joined him Mm. so i had no plan i didn't know i just graduated i had a silly book that I did in school that didn't apply at all to the New York fashion. I first didn't even think to work. I thought, well, I'm just going to take some extra classes and then we'll go back. Mm -hmm. And then after a couple of months, I got a little bored. I took some classes at Parsons and, but I was like, okay, I've done that, been there. 
started to look for a job. It was very challenging. Yeah. I was an immigrant. I had a visa of a student, mm-hmm. you know, so not everyone would take me in. Right. And I didn't have any experience. And I didn't have my dad and my mom and who, you know, we, I grew up, which is another interesting thing in a small community where everyone knew me, knew my dad, knew yeah. my mom. There was some sort of a networking yeah, that you grow up with. Here I am, don't know anyone, starting fresh white paper, you yeah. know, like I don't, it's all about me now. It's yeah. not about my dad. It's not about nothing. And that's honestly where confidence really comes in, right? Yeah. You think yeah. you can be confident surrounded by people that you know and a network and, you know, success in your own right. parents. But I think one thing I've always loved about New York is it strips all of that bear. You know, you come here and you are, even at the the pinnacle of your career, the next day you're going to lose it all, (laughs) which is part of New York, right? That's part of living here. By the way, Army does the same. Yeah. So when you go to the Army, forget all your your designer clothes and all your Levi's denim. Everyone is is one uniform Mm -hmm. and you have no clue where everyone is from how much money their father makes, yeah. what do they do in life, where do they live, nothing. Everyone is equal. And that is definitely puts you in a place where you need to work on what are the things that make you a valuable person yeah. and what are the things that are going to make you accepted and, and give you the confidence. So yeah. that's that. And then, of course, being an immigrant and, yeah. and starting fresh, even if you're not an immigrant from another country, if you just moved from Chicago to New York, yeah. it's the same thing. Or Louisiana, New or Louisiana, York. Like, New York. Yeah. I could have been coming from anywhere, honestly. Exactly. So that's that. So we came and then slowly, you know, I started to interview. The truth is that I had to go back to Israel to be introduced to a friend of a friend who told me, I have a friend in New York <laughs> that has a fashion business. Why won't you go and talk to him? Mm-hmm. So I needed that little push because without it, I don't know if I ever got a job because yeah. everyone that I came to said to me, well, you don't have any experience. And I said, well, how would I ever have if you don't give me this chance? <laughs> I have to have a job to have yeah. experience. And if I can't get a job, then I can't get experience. Yeah, that is a conundrum. So uh, this guy had helped me get my first job. And from there, I, it was just about my talent and my perseverance and, you know, and my focus that took me where it took me. But uh, I needed that open door. Yeah, And then from there, you know, the more you are, you trusting yourself more and more, as you could see, obviously you succeeding. Boy, you need to have a lot of courage to do things that you didn't think you know. I mean, I'll give you another example that is the ultimate confidence that one could have. That guy had said to me, I know a woman that has a business, she just started, and she's actually started to manufacture things in in the Far East for American designers. At the time, most people were manufacturing things in New York. Mm-hmm. And she came up with this brilliant idea. I'm sure other people did too, but she was one of the pioneers mm-hmm. of actually understanding what the needs are and finding the right factories, whether we're in Korea or Taiwan or, or Hong Kong, and make it for them there. Mm-hmm. So she just started this business. She was very successful. And um, he said to me, why don't you go for an interview? So I went for an interview and she needed a sweater designer. Now, I had no clue about sweater design, besides the fact that when I was 15, I would be like crochet a shawl <laughs> in in math class, but I have no idea anything about that. So she says to me, so, okay, so you're looking for a job? 
this is what I need. I need someone to go now to Korea, to Taiwan, to Hong Kong, to put together a sweater collection. And then when you come back, I basically have a showroom. I present it to Calvin Klein, to like a whole bunch of designers. And they, to see the capabilities of all these manufacturing, they either adopt the style itself that you design, mm -hmm. or based on your design, they understand the capabilities and they'll design their own. What she was basically giving a service to designers to manufacture things overseas. Mm -hmm. And she said, can you spec? I'm like, what the hell, what is spec? <laughs> yes, like, of course this, I can this spec. Before Google too, so you yeah. can even just run to the restroom and do a quick Google search. <laughs> of course I can spec. Sure. Spec, yeah, I, you said, of course. Spec, yes. spec comes from specification. So in wovens, you do a pattern. Uh -huh. In design, you give specifications in sweaters, uh -huh. like 30 inches, 20 inches, you know. So I'm like, I didn't lie. I didn't say, I did, but I said, I think I can do it. Good enough. There so, you go. oh, and she said, and could you get on a flight on Friday. Now this was Wednesday. I said, yeah, I can. So I went out, I ran to my friend and I said, what the hell is spec? <laughs> she, I need to go now and spec. And he said, I don't know, let's go. And he had his partner there who showed me how to spec. I'm like, okay, cool, easy. Went home, told my husband who was studying at the time and uh, is, did his uh, BA in uh, computer engineering. And I told him I'm going on a flight. I've never been to this area in my life. I only traveled to New York once and I traveled to Europe a couple of times before that. Now these days, young Israelis, I mean, after the army, they all traveled to India, to the Far East, to South America and kind of doing an exploration of oneself by himself, you know, in those foreign places. I was sent to do this exploration while I'm actually doing business and I'm supposed to prove my And also doing my specs, talent of course. And doing specs. Which you've just learned about. So, okay, I pack up, I land in Seoul. I speak English, obviously good enough. I mean, I just came and, and my English, I didn't speak English in Israel. You know, I studied English in school, in high school. So here I am, I'm fluent in Hebrew, I'm okay in English, I land in Korea. And uh, they asked me, where am I from? And I said, I'm from Israel. At that moment, and I had a, some sort of an H visa, so it wasn't like I wasn't really, I wasn't an American, right? So I come in and a minute later, police guys, everybody's oh my on goodness. my suitcase, lifting every, shaking every underwear, thinking that I have machine guns in my, oh my suitcase. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? I've never came across that mistrust in me because I come from that certain region. Yeah. Never felt it before. So I was like, okay, they don't trust me. So fine, let them yeah. look. Yeah. They search, they close, fine, you can go. But that was quite, quite an experience. And then I went in, you know, I was in Korea. It was very interesting because the process there was that you had knitters sitting in a circle, just like flamenco in, in Spain, mm -hmm. you know, sitting in a circle and they sit with the two needles and the yarn. And they're basically asking you what to do. And I'm like, well, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is, I'm going to need your Maybe help here, singing, ladies. <laughs> I don't know what you want. It's all joined together. You yeah. can show me how to spec and also anyway, knit. <laughs> I figured this out. 
I came up with, I don't remember, 50 sweaters, moved to Taiwan. Now here I'm in Taipei, everyone was on bicycles, like, where am I? The food is strange, where am I? But I keep going and I go into the factories, I see what they have, use all the skills that I have, come up with another collection, mini collection there. Now I go to Hong Kong, there I meet my boss. And what I forgot to mention that when I left, she says to me, can you go on a flight? And I said, yes. And she said, I'm not going to pay you. I'm going to take care of your expenses, but you're not going to be paid. Okay. And like, okay, fair enough. And I went, but here I am coming to Hong Kong with a collection of 120 sweaters. I did what I was supposed to be doing. And here I am, and there was another girl there. And uh, I said to her, can I ask you a question? Now, here in America, people don't ask about salaries. Mm -hmm. In Israel, they do. Maybe they stop now, but they used to do like, how much do you make? That was not an embarrassing question. Yeah. And uh, so I said to her, do you mind telling me uh, what I should be making if I would be making? Yeah. And she said, I think she said something like 25,000 or 27,000. I mean, we're talking 1980. Yeah. So that, that next day I meet with uh, my boss and I show her everything. And then I said, we need to talk. Yeah. So where did I get that confidence? I don't know. And I said to her, so I did what I had to do. And from now on, I'd like to be paid. And she said, how much do you like to be paid? And I don't remember what I told her, either 30 or 35, I just went. Good for you, you know? look at that. And uh, she said, fine. And the thing to learn from it is you need to ask what you deserve. Yeah, you ask know? the question. And it's not even about confidence, it's about self-respect. Yeah. You know, it's like, I was so young, I was 20, I don't know, 23. But it was part of that, taking care of yourself yes. because no one else will. Yeah. And anyway, that's how that my career started and it went <laughs> far from there. But then how did you end up launching your own brand? Because I love this story in your 23. When mm. did you decide to go out on your own okay, and start your so own thing? It all kind of happened together. So kind of a midlife crisis, uh, <laughs> mid 40s, early 40s. Okay, I love that you just said that <laughs> because I feel like there are so many people who I know in their mid 40s who are constantly saying, well, I could never start anything. Oh, so no, here you go, you ladies. This totally, one is for you. Tell totally. us the story. It's the best time to start your own business. Oh, I love that. The Not only the just the time to start, time the to start. best time. Because okay. now you have the know-how and you have the confidence that you could do it. Yes. And you just have to do it. Two things I did. I divorced. Mm -hmm. You said because you had set yourself up uh, for financial independence. I set myself up financially, but I left because, you know, I really had felt that this marriage had come to an end in the sense of where we were in the relationship, where we were against the world, uh, where we were in our journey. And I felt that this journey had ended and I was thankful for the years. It was 27 years and I was full of gratitude and left the marriage with my arms open to see where this next take me, yeah. not knowing where next take me. And uh, important to say that my husband is one of my closest friends till yeah. today. And then I know if anything ever happens to me, he'll be the first one to come and help me in the, right, the other way around. So it's not like, so marriage can end but friendship doesn't need to. Yeah, that's a lovely so way to look at I it. I think that that um, it's okay. It's okay to one day get up and say, you know what? I want to go that way and you want to go that way. So let's just separate, but we don't need to disrespect or yeah. ruin everything that we did together. Yeah. We just need to 
Say goodbye and leave. Yeah, that's a nice. I feel like that's a very modern way to look at the end of marriage, and I I appreciate the fact that you said that because again, I think there are so many people who are at points in their lives where they see that and they feel like they have to stay forever. And it is nice to hear a completely different opinion mm -hmm. on that. And I think you're right. There doesn't need to be disrespect or yeah. anything like that. Um, but I think, again, living life with gratitude and always being and looking at your partner as somebody who's given you good years of your life, mm -hmm. even if mm -hmm. the, the time they aren't serving you in the way that you right. need. So you are getting divorced and then you decide to launch a company at the same time. At the same time. Uh, quite <laughs> Do it a challenge. All. Do it all. Yeah, quite a challenge with no money. Yeah. Now I'm divorced, so I have to split half of my wealth. And uh, very little money, yeah. very little money with a lot of passion, with a lot of trust in oneself. Uh, I can do it mm -hmm. and I'll start small and I'll be focused and I'll know exactly what is it that I'm good at and I'll do it. Yeah. And, uh, and I started, you know, I've said it in many uh, interviews, I started with $25,000 mm -hmm. and I brought the company till today, which is close to a hundred million. Oh my gosh. So it's really, quite this is incredible. Yeah. It's quite impressive to see what one can do with confidence, yeah. courage, serenity, yeah. and belief in oneself and very little money. Yeah. Very little money. And you could do it. You could do it. Obviously you need all these elements align, but you could do it. And it could happen whenever in your life. And I think that's it can the other whenever in your life. You know, my dad started his business over 60. Over 60. I love over these 60. stories. And, and was so well to do. I mean, by the time, you know, he left Earth, he was a very wealthy man. All our life, we were okay, but he really came to full expression from the age of 60. What a great example. Yeah. Well, you have taught me so much <laughs> over the course of this interview. I have loved every single story that you Thank told. You. I'm from the South and we <laughs> we tell every experience. And even in my book, I tell all of my experiences through stories because I think it's the best way to learn from other people. Right. And I thank you for the gift of well, your time, you. but also the gift of your story, which is inspiring and powerful. And I love to know that you were confident. I will think about you jumping off the first story <laughs> of your house as I look at my five-year-old now and hope that she doesn't do the same thing anytime soon. Uh, yeah. Thank you for your time, Neely. Oh, thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners of Claim Your Confidence. Thank you to Rockefeller Center, which hosts us in this amazing podcast. Also to Newsstand Studio, which is this amazing glass front booth where we've watched tours coming in and out mm -hmm. and people walking by and to Joe, my producer, who makes everything happen. And I would ask anyone listening today to really think, when in your life have you jumped off the first floor with both of your feet and not told anyone? Like, when have you taken that leap of confidence? Put that in my DM. I'm at Lydia Finette on Instagram and Facebook. And Lee, where can we find you? You can find me. I have seven retail stores. I'm opening my seven retail stores in Tribeca, in Palm Beach, in Upper East Side, in Meatpacking, very soon in Sycamore, New York, and very soon in Lafayette, in Soho. I am selling my clothes in 350 stores worldwide. Wow, amazing. Uh, but I'm also available on my DM. I run my own social media. And one of the things that I love to do is to talk to women, help them. If there's any question, I don't care about what. If I have the answer, I'm happy to answer. Oh, I think you have the answer, Neely. <laughs> I think you have the answer to everything, to and, be totally uh, honest. And then, of course, I'm on uh, neelyotan.com, my site, who I'm very proud of, 
that has different services to ward over women and help a woman to get the right wardrobe so she can get the confidence to live her life at the best she can. Well, I'm going to get off of this podcast and go there immediately and start looking. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. I'll see you again next week on Claim Your Confidence.